Amanda, and this is a Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Welcome to today's episode. I have Whitney of the French Fry Quilt Company. If you have not checked out her new online fabric and notion shop, you should. She's got some really cute stuff. I purchased a few things from her right when she got started and I was so happy. Super fast delivery, great products. Anyway, if you haven't checked her out, go to frenchfryquiltco.com and you can also find her on Instagram at frenchfryquiltco. She again, has just some of the cutest stuff. She just, just got started a few months ago. So go check it out. And in the meantime, while you're shopping, go ahead and give her a listen. It's that time for my shameless plug of Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show, you'll see that when you become a patron, you'll get a not your granny's quilt show logo sticker sent right to your door. And exclusive to patrons, you get early access to the week's episode. So on Sundays, instead of Mondays, you'll be able to listen to the latest episode. So head over to patreon.com slash not your granny's quilt show and check it out. Also, I just want to say thank you to those of you who have gone to YouTube, subscribed, got us over 400. So we had that amazing giveaway. Um, now our goal is to reach 50 five-star reviews on Apple podcasts. So if you have not done so head over to Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review and let everybody know what you think about the show. Um, once we hit 50, we're going to do an even bigger giveaway, 55 star reviews that is. So head over to Apple podcasts, leave a review five stars, if you will, that would be lovely. And we will get this giveaway on its way. And now on to the show. Well, welcome Whitney to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I just, like I started following you because I loved your Instagram handle, French Fry Quilter. And I just, I love French fries. I'm an Idaho girl. And I mean, I was born and raised here, but um potatoes are my thing so <laughs> oh yeah there are a lot of people's thing um it's kind of resonated with a lot of people so french fries have just kind of always been a thing in my family like we would go to mcdonald's on saturday just to get fries and i'd go with my sister sometimes just and it kind of just always stuck and so when i got on instagram i was french fry runner um, which I still have that handle as mm -hmm. well, kind of for fitnessy stuff. And then I was like, well, I need somewhere to put all my crafting stuff. So I did French fry quilter. Yeah. That's so fun. I love when people have clever or just like fun handles that stand out. Cause it's like, it just tells you a little bit about their personality without being like chaotic, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I just liked it. And then you opened your shop. So that was really fun to see and witness happening. But before we get into all that, let's mm -hmm. go back to the beginning. When did you, when did quilting come into your life or how did, how did you get into it? Um, well, quilting came into my life. Let's see. When I was about 17, I had a, like a, a church thing that I had to do and I decided to make a quilt. And so I made a quilt. I sewed a bunch of 
I think they were 10 inch squares together. And I was like, this is super fun. And I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, my mom had taught me how to sew. So I knew how to sew mm -hmm. um, since I was about eight years old. Um, so I knew that. And so I knew my way around a sewing machine. So that wasn't too big a deal. Um, and then I saw rag quilts. I thought those were oh, super yeah. cool. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. And so I did that. Um, just it's not really, it was not really a rag quilt. It was kind of a disaster, uh, but I still have it. And I probably put it on my college dorm bed. And uh, the thing that was funny about it was I didn't cut all the little, um, the seams enough. So mm -hmm. I have, I had these like, I don't know, like half inch, uh, <laughs> I don't know, little squares instead of like the nice, um, you know, the nice fluffy seams on it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't quilt it. I tried to tie it and I was a lazy teenager, so I didn't tie it enough. Oh. And so all the batting fell and <laughs> what the first time I washed it. So then I unpicked the seam. I didn't know how to do binding either. So basically I knew how to do facings from, mm. from sewing clothing. And so I basically did a quilt with a facing and mm -hmm. I didn't know how to close the seam either so I hand sewed one whole side oh of, gosh. The, of the quilt and it was a bed size quilt so it was this twin size quilt and I hand sewed like the whole side of it so that was my start on on quilting um <laughs> and then since it was a disaster I was like I don't know if I really liked it that much and so I went back to sewing like clothing and like bags and things in college. Um, I was a TA for um, their clothing construction class. Mm. And so I did that. And then I, one day about eight years ago, I was like, well, maybe I'll try qu quilting again. Cause I was on the internet, I was on Pinterest and I saw something that I liked. I don't even remember which one it was. Um, I learned what a jelly roll was and, you know, kind of was hooked on that. And then, and then, um, I actually followed a tutorial, which was cool <laughs> and helpful. So that time around, and then I sewed up my first school about eight years ago and wow. after college and all that, but yeah. but yeah, so I was hooked on that after that. And then, and then over the pandemic slash the past couple of years, I, discovered quilt Instagram and I was like okay here these are my people they're mm -hmm. quilt people they're cat people heck yeah <laughs> this is where this is where I'm at so so yeah, yeah that's how I started quilting that's crazy it's so funny like how many people I talk to that are like oh yeah I've sewn since I was a little kid but like quilting wasn't like a thing until later on for them and that's how I was too so except way later like I was like 32, but, <laughs> um, it was just funny, like how it has kind of creeped into more like mainstream society, I guess, because it always just seemed like, oh, church grannies do that. And, you know, people have memories of growing up around their, their grandma's like quilting hoops and quilting frames and all that. But like, I didn't have that. And but it's just funny how like mainstream quilting is. It's like quilt coats are all the rage, quilt hoodies, quilt everything. It's like, you know, they're being mass produced and it's like, no, no, no. 
we're not going to, let's not do this. It's the same thing with like mass produced, like crochet things. Cause you know, like they have not invented a machine that can, that can mimic crochet. So, you know, if something's crocheted, it was handmade by someone in a sweatshop and I don't support that, but I know me neither. <laughs> it's, it's the, like, it's funny how it's just like worked its way into like mainstream culture and, but it is still very much like a niche craft if if you get into it like you have to really dig in you can't just like do one <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah for sure it's like they do that on purpose no um, <laughs> well it's funny because I learned how to crochet from my grandma um so both my grandmothers crocheted and then one of my grandmas she made like yo-yo quilts mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, like I have one of her quilts from when I was really little um and she hand did all of that so I always thought that that was really cool and maybe part of me was just like maybe quilting is not like attainable because I never was like may I know I'm not the only one but um my grandma didn't teach me how to quilt you know yeah. I had to find it on my own really and my mom didn't even quilt until she was oh I don't know 50 you yeah. know and she's 70 now and so it just kind of wasn't a thing that was passed down and it seems like there's like a resurgence of like millennials that are like quilting's cool you know yeah so yeah that's 100 percent like why I started this podcast and like I you know started the business with my mom I'm like no we got to make this a thing like because same thing we my mom would like sew yo-yos with her grandma and she has a yo-yo quilt from her grandma but like that was really it it wasn't like a family tradition and so yeah it's it's funny that that's like coming up now and like now we're passing on my my little sister who's 22 like she's kind of getting into learning how she moved back home and we're like this is what we do all day so you can hang out with us or you know mm -hmm. go do something else and so she's like kind of slowly learning different techniques and how to sew and putting together her own stuff. Cause she's like, well, I want aesthetic things for when I have my own place. And like, she wants to make them and she's always been crafty, but, and my niece who's 10, like she's starting to get into it with us. And so it's kind of like now becoming a family thing, but mm. it's crazy. Just like where, like how gappy it can be for people. Like some people, yeah, they've had it their whole lives. They grew up with it. They learned from their grandmas. It was passed on from their grandma's grandma. You know, they have that whole lineage, but for, you know, a bunch of us millennials who jumped in, in the, you know, 2018, 2020 kind of realm in between those years, it's like, for some reason that was like a hotbed of quilting for, for millennials, especially I'm finding. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, with, my family we all had different artsy things that we did mm -hmm. um my oldest sister she's really talented um seamstress and mm -hmm. so she's made costumes for plays and all these different wow. productions and things and then my other sister she um she's she is an artist and so mm -hmm. she you know makes art with different mediums and she um did like fiber art bags and things mm -hmm. like that but never never really quilting my brother is a writer so 
it's like oh, wow. we all have these creative creative things that we were doing. My dad's a woodworker or was a woodworker um, and a master cross stitcher. So I like I did all those things, but quilting just never was a thing. And it's just really yeah. weird now that I'm on the podcast and you know kind of encouraged to reminisce on it. It's it's interesting and yeah, the, you know you discover your own journey when you're trying to introduce yourself to you know another person so yeah 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 it's like funny because it's like if it's normal that everybody's just like crafty and a hobbyist it's like or you know you end up doing it for your your career your job it's like you don't really think about it because it's just like oh that's just normal but yeah it's like Mm -hmm. it's funny the things that come up like when you are sharing with someone new like oh actually yeah like (laughs) all the connections you have because I'm the same way I just like well yeah it's not really a thing but I'm like well my great grandma did. And then like my other grandma did this. And my, it's like, oh, right. Okay. It's, it's around. And like crochet was heavily in my family. Like mm-hmm. my, my um, great grandma on my dad's side, his dad's mom, she would crochet. Like I still, my mom still has all these like little Afghan, like for baby dolls. And like, she would take the, the bodies of baby dolls and like crochet clothing around them. But then like unattached like little blanket to like swaddle them in Mm -hmm. so I like have all these things and I'm like as I look back through my childhood things I'm like oh my gosh there's like all this crafty crochet yarn and like I mean even not quilts per se but like sewn blankets that like Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh I've always been surrounded by it but it's just like not what wasn't like a passed down thing so it's like interesting to like to learn how people found their way to it. Cause sometimes, yeah, like, like we were saying it is passed down. And sometimes it's just like, you're just in a world of craftiness all the time and you're just willing to explore new things. And that's, it's cool. And it's fun that like, to look back on your first things and go, Hmm, that was kind of hard garbage, but like to get to see your journey of how far you've come in that span of time is like so fun. So that's really yeah it's it's so fun well I think it's interesting that like just like you were saying like the millennial group that we kind of found it we kind of found we found a new hobby that was just kind of ours for me it was just kind of an escape Mm -hmm. of something like of my day-to-day and I found a lot of joy in cutting up fabric and cutting it and putting it back together like for some reason that's my favorite part is literally cutting up this pristine, <laughs> you know, yard of fabric and just making it into something new and and cozy and something I can use every day. Cause you know, when I made clothes, they generally, you know, you made it for a reason and you wore it once and then you don't yeah. really unless you really love it. And I didn't have anything I really loved. They all had just kind of one purpose and then mm-hmm. I was done, you know. Yeah. 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 It's like a more practical kind of thing. And I think as you're saying that, like, yeah, it was for a lot of the millennial quilters who didn't have it passed down in their family. It's like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to, I'm going to be this like crafty person instead of, because they're every, you know, it's like DIY is like the big, you know, has been the big thing for a while, especially in this generation of like, we're going to make carve our own path because what was handed to us was garbage and we need to make something beautiful from it. Like (laughs) thanks boomers. But, um, (laughs) the, just that idea that like we can reinvent it and make it our own 
so that it feels relevant to our lifetime, our lifestyle is like a, like a common theme I'm, I'm seeing throughout people I've talked to and interviewed and experienced. And it is interesting to see how that's come, come about and coming together because there's so much beautiful stuff out there and, you know, traditional ways and quilting is beautiful. And it's like great history to preserve, but it's also like, okay, but also we need to make it so that it can be carried into what the existence that we have to live in now, like not people can't just have giant quilt frames in their homes and sit around stitching for hours. Cause that's just not how our society runs anymore. It's like this hustle culture is like, it, it takes away from that, but being able to sit down at a sewing machine for, you know, 30 minutes to even an hour a day, if that's all you can muster is like something that a lot of people can do and have, you know, a small space carved out for them in their day to do that and Mm -hmm. make something beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's great to, with the (laughs) hustle culture, um, it's nice to have that little tiny escape Mm -hmm. every day, every other day, once a week where Mm -hmm. it's just your time. You've decided to do this one thing. So what with, with us, it's quilting with others. It's being out in your garden, um, Mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, it's going for a run, you know, things like that, that because we're always encouraged to hustle and do more and all that it's it's nice for us to have that little escape mm-hmm. every day like I said every day once a week yeah. something yeah well and it does even though you know modern tools and modern technology make it a little faster because we're not hand sewing everything but like it still takes time you still have to slow down you have to think about what you're doing. There's a lot of quilty math involved, which slows a lot of people down, but mm-hmm. it's ultimately kind of a way to just pause everything else and focus on this one thing. And, you know, just getting creative every day. Yeah. Like, even if it is just like a little bit of time, but if you're carving out that time to allow yourself to make something and, you know, like you said, you love cutting up a pristine yard. That always gives me so much anxiety because I'm like, it's so beautiful. I don't want to cut it up. I mean, I know I have to, but sure, <laughs> it's part of that process of like destruction before reconstruction, before you make something beautiful from it. And it, there's creativity in all of it. And just giving yourself that time is like priceless because yeah, that slowdown is what our bodies and our brains need. So it's important and whatever it is, like you said, running, gardening, you know, going out in the hills or mm-hmm. being near water or just nature in general, I guess, because all those things are nature related, but <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. But whatever it is, just giving yourself permission to slow down for a little bit, I think is is needed. And and I think that's where these DIY kind of or hand handmade hobbies, I think that's where people are craving that that slowdown is you know, they're looking for these things to help them do that. And so I love it. Mm-hmm. It's really been, it's been good for a lot of things, but yeah, it's, it's a fun thing to do. So, mm-hmm. so you've just been quilting as like a hobby. You weren't, were you doing quilts for other people or just making them for yourself mostly? Um, making them for myself mostly, um, and my family really. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, 15 nieces and nephews so 
<laughs> yeah, I have a pretty big family. And so, um, well, the goal, the goal is to make a quilt for every one of them. That yeah. has not happened um, because <laughs> we all have stuff that we need to finish. We all have that stack of, of works in progress that we have. Um, yep. So I have about, you know, four of them made, you know, yeah. out of 15 and, you know, my oldest niece is 30, you know, so it's, it's a work in progress, but basically, yes, I made them for myself, mo mostly in my family. Um, I've had a couple people ask me for commissions, but that's kind of stresses me out and I don't have to, I mean, I don't like to be stressed. I left a very stressful job um, mm -hmm. that I was in. And so I, I don't have time for that. So yeah, not right now anyway. So, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So uh, long answer to a short question. <laughs> yes. I make quotes for myself mainly and my family. Yeah. Well, when you have that many family members, it kind of becomes a job almost Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. next one. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And really, like I said, I have made a handful, yeah. you know, so, so for my family, if you're listening, I'm really sorry. At some point you'll get a quilt <laughs> someday. I don't know when, but it's happening. Yeah. You're like, you're on my list. <laughs> yeah. You're on my list. You're really important. I promise. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my family, we, um, we're not very timely in gift giving in mm. general, so it's not a surprise yeah for any of my family <laughs> that, well, that's good yeah I owe my sister who actually I'm seeing tomorrow I owe her a quilt for her birthday about five years ago oh. so it's cut out it's not put together mm. and I think I might change it has some very old Bonnie and Camille fabric oh. mm -hmm. when that was super popular yeah um and I mean I think it is still popular well, I just am not really in that realm of yeah. kind of more traditional Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's cut out, but I think I might change it completely now. So now it's like, what am I going to do with what I, what I cut up? But anyway, it's coming, but it's not coming tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, still not, still not done. Sorry. Still not done. Sorry. Well, yeah. she was very lovely and she made me a quilt. She doesn't quilt very much. Like I said, she's a, um, she's a seamstress a former mm. a former seamstress but uh, mm. she does make a, a quilts for like easy quilts for family and stuff so she uh, made me this lovely jelly roll race quilt mm -hmm. um for my birthday several years ago with some sarah watts cat lady fabric oh. it's my favorite ever and oh my gosh. It's, well that's actually that's right oh yeah anyway cute yeah, it's my favorite fabric ever. So, you know, so she quilts too, but not as much as me. I'm kind of obsessed with it. So, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's fun when it's a gift you can give because you're like, oh, I'm gonna make somebody this amazing thing, but it, but then it's like, oh, right, this is a lot of work. <laughs> like, yeah, especially when there's deadlines. And I mean, I make quilts for people all the time because it's my job, but. Mm -hmm. And the deadlines are tough sometimes because it's like things sometimes don't come together or it's like maybe you start and you realize your plan is not going to work out and it's like, okay, we have to go back to the drawing board. And I just experienced that with a client quilt. I had to rip out a, so much embroidery. Oh, shoot. And then redo. I know it was crazy. I was like, oh my God, this is so annoying, but it looks so much better. Like I'm glad I did it and redo 
like it, I had embroidered a phrase on in the center of the quilt that she, the lady wanted and it just uh, it did not look good and I sent it to her I was like I hate this and I'm gonna redo it and she was like okay <laughs> so I just did applique letters but anyway that's beside the point it just like again back to that hustle culture idea it's like okay here's a time frame now you have to make this custom thing it's like it's so hard in that realm because then it's like you know got etsy barking down your throat it's like you should have shipped this eight days ago i'm like i know but i can't ship it because it's not done yet like there's like there's so many things in place that are like meant to help creative people like do what they're doing but it's also like still very embroiled in hustle and and capitalism and like yep like there's no space for that that like needing to go back and rework something or like the the ebbs and flows of of custom work but anyway that's beside the point um um, (laughs) I was gonna ask you let's go back to Mm -hmm. you and not me um Mm -hmm. so okay so you said your oldest niece is 30 which is like blows my mind because my oldest niece is 13 but also Mm -hmm. it seems like there might be a pretty big gap with you and your siblings how many siblings do you have and like what are the age differences well I have three siblings I have two sisters and a brother um I have a sister that's eight years older than me a brother that's 11 years older and um a sister who's 14 years older than me okay so so you're the baby I'm the baby slash yeah I mean I am the baby yes but Mm -hmm. I also kind of raised as like an only child because there's such a big gap Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm like I'm like this weird hybrid child baby yeah yeah like my siblings will say you know Winnie's so spoiled and or was you know Mm -hmm. back in the day um but also it's like well I'm the only one home you haven't been home for you know 15 years so right I know right yeah so yeah so yeah so big gap but not I don't have that many siblings but each one of them I don't have any children Mm -hmm. but um each of them has, my brother has two kids. My, one of my sisters has three and my oldest sister has five. So, oh my gosh. Okay. so yeah. So my oldest niece is seven years younger than me. Um, so I guess she's almost 30. She's 29. So, okay. so yeah. Yeah. And then from there and I have grand nieces and nephews too. So, oh my gosh, I know. So it's kind of crazy. And then I'm like, hi, I don't have any kids. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, I have stepsons, but it's like I never I'm not having my own and mm-hmm. it's the way I wanted it. But and I'm the oldest, so Oh wow, it's, okay. It's kind of like my boys are twenty-two and eighteen and seems so old, but at the same time I'm like, well, if I was just like a really young mom, like it could have been could have been real. Oh, but yeah. but then my sister's twenty-two. She's fifteen years younger than me. So it's like mm-hmm. and she's the baby. So my younger brother is of two brothers in the middle but the youngest one is like four and a half years older than her so the older two of the two brothers is is here in town and you know he's the one with the kids I feel cool having you know niece enough meet two nieces and a nephew but yeah like having one that's like so close to you in age and but I'm like so close in age to like my mom's siblings because her youngest brother was 10 when I was born so it's like there's all these like crazy age gaps but also like closeness in my family in age so it's like the lines are blurred <laughs> I'm like yeah yeah I could see that for sure 
Yeah, and it's interesting because my on my side of the family, everyone's older because mm-hmm. I'm the youngest, but on my husband's side, he's the oldest. And mm-hmm. so so we, all the nieces and nephews on his side are all, I don't know, normal age yeah. <laughs> for my age right now, yeah, you right. know? So they're all, you know, the oldest on that side, third grade. Mm. I, I don't actually know, um, but definitely younger. Yeah. You know, my youngest nephew on my side, not grandnephew or anything, he's 18. Right. Oh my gosh. So then the oldest is, well, maybe she's in fifth grade. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like eight or 10 around that age. Something, something like that. Yeah. 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 So that's so funny. Yeah. Like my cousins are, are all like in their early 20s and younger. So like they're like, that's my cousin. They're like, wait, you're not my aunt, right? I'm like, no, I'm your cousin. Like they just, they're just like a whole separate thing. It's like so funny, but anyway. Yeah. They do know like they can come to me and my mom and they're like, um, we need a quilt now. We're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good that they have that resource there. Yeah. They know, or they're like, um, can you fix my pants? I'm like, oh, no. I mean, yes, but no. You're like, yes, but I'd prefer not ask my mom she can do it they're like yeah michelle there you, <laughs> like there you she's, go she's the one who sews clothes not me i destroy them if i try so it's fine uh, i'm extraordinarily type a so i when i do sew clothes it takes me forever and even if the seam isn't seen i have to make sure it's perfect and mm-hmm. so i had a lot of years where i did sew clothes and so you know, I kind of had this love hate relationship with sewing, I would say until quilting came along. So yeah, yeah. besides the one quilt when I was 17, 18. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just a different beast, like with clothing, cause it has to fit a body like, mm-hmm. and so if the seams aren't right, or if it's not pressed right, or, you know, it's like it's going to lay funny, it's going to look weird. And mm-hmm. it's like, other people might not notice it but when you're wearing it you know like like the seam is wonky and it feels weird on my body it's crooked and I hate it <laughs> I know exactly well and it's so stressful because I mean I would never um be a professional seamstress or anything like that because the uh, cool thing about humans is bodies change right yeah. so if I were like a wedding dress you know tailor all, you yeah. know alteration lady um I would just I don't know. Like I, I can't, I can't be trusted with that level of, of stress and responsibility for like a wedding dress to fit during the fitting. Mm -hmm. And then also at the last fitting and think about what I need to put into the dress to take in, let out all that stuff, that little extra leeway that just hurts my brain. I I know on anything really. Like I think of, um, you know, like fashion week, fashion designers, right. That you yeah. know, basically sew their models into the clothing. You know, I would just, I couldn't even, yeah. couldn't even. It's like, no, thank you. I'll do not that. Like I'll sew so many things, but not that. <laughs> exactly. I guarantee my quilt can fit anyone. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if the seams aren't perfect, you can just fudge it and just quilt it really cute and nobody will know. <laughs> yeah. Like they say, it'll quilt out. 
<laughs> and really, one of my favorite things is like if you run past it, if there's a quilt and you run past it and you can't notice anything that's wrong with it, then you're fine. Yeah. The person you're giving it to does not care. No. They don't care, you know, so you shouldn't care either. Exactly. And most of the time, like the mistakes that we see as the quilter, no one else ever sees. Like, never. I mean, there's still stuff on my own quilts that I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I like missed that seam right there or I missed mm-hmm. that those points don't line up or it's something that's like if you can obviously not like give up and be a crappy quilter but like just relax enough to like not fret over things being exactly perfect for your own self because I think if you're doing it for other people that's a different story but then you know it's like you're making something cool it's unique. It's yours. You get to snuggle under it. And who cares if there's a couple mistakes? Like the point is to make something cool and not like be so perfectionist about it that you lose the value of, of it overall. Well, absolutely. Well, and two, we're not machines. So yeah, they're even on the quilt that we we took the most time with that we tried to match up absolutely everything even if you don't see a mistake there's a mistake in that quilt yeah guaranteed and because we're not this we're not a machine we're not going to have perfect everything Mm -hmm. it's totally fine it's okay not to be perfect it's cool Yeah. yeah sometimes sometimes the joy is in the construction of it even if the thing at the end is not perfect according to like what I think is perfect or what I think is great that's okay whatever you think is great and perfect I may not you know and it's fine it's our own thing and we can own it and be and learn to be happy with it you know I'm a very much a perfectionist in most areas of my life. And so quilting is weirdly the one thing I can just be like, you know, I'm okay. It's fine. Mm -hmm. The quilt is done. It looks great. I'm going to send it to my long armor because honestly, I I can't be bothered with quilting (laughs) it on my machine. My machine can't take it. I would do it more, but I have my machine that I got. Oh, I don't know. It's like 14 years old. It's like this. Kenmore machine that is you know it's a workhorse it's a you know metal frame kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it can't handle it just can't handle home quilting so I have a few long armor friends and I just send it to them and at the end you have this gorgeous quilted lovely thing and I think that's fun it's just it's just a beautiful thing that we can we could all do and I think just even just as women we can be okay with it we can be okay with what we make yeah so and it's a it's a journey for sure yeah yeah it's it's funny like like back to looking at you know your work your work from earlier on it's like you can see like your progression of like not giving a shit anymore (laughs) (laughs) basically yeah like letting go and just making the damn quill and Mm -hmm. and honestly I think them for me at least and and I don't know if it speaks for anybody else but just like I was so neurotic about like I my first quilts like the seams are popping because I was so worried about losing fabric in the seams and like Mm -hmm. you know even though it was like oh I cut it all correctly. I did it the, you know, I cut the seam allowances in, 
but I was like so stressed about losing fabric because I've always been obsessed with fabric and I'm spending all this money on the fancy fabric that I want rifle paper and Mm -hmm. you know like all these things I've been obsessed with all this time Tula and um but now it's like oh I see you know I could quickly see why it was an issue because they those seams started popping very early because I was using my quilts washing them drying them using them and I was like oh shoot okay so then it's like then I like overcorrected and was doing like too big of seam allowance because I'm like, well, I don't want my seams to come apart. And so you can kind of see that in some quilts. Like it's just interesting to see like your own evolution through your quilting, like by looking back at your quilts and like my binding looked like shit on my first quilts. Like (laughs) my binding still looks like shit. You're fine. (laughs) I just want to get the damn thing over with. Yeah. And so I literally just, just zoom through binding. And the first time I watch it, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it going to pop? There are some quilts that I need, like I'm looking at them right now. I'm like, yeah, don't look at the binding. Like the the quilt itself is fine, but I need to like, I need to redo the binding. And am I going to? Probably not not soon don't care that much (laughs) I know and like my very first quilt I sleep with that on my bed like every night and so that binding is literally coming off so I'm just gonna machine sew it back on because I can't be bothered to hand sew it but for sure and I just that's I do I machine bind my all my own quilts because I just like hand by like hand stitching the binding looks beautiful and if you have the patience to sit and do that then that's great but I just don't and so for for client quilts if that's something they want then I'll do it you know it's like mm. you're a a service is being you know asked of me and that's fine like I can do that but for my own I'm like oh no just I know because I know I'm going to use my quilts hard too like well sure yeah they're they're on the sofa they're in my guest room they're on my bed they're in the my living room you know it's like they're everywhere in my house and they're all used for everything it's like Mm -hmm. I want them to stay together because I'm finding out obviously like that my early quilts are falling apart because I didn't I didn't do those things I didn't Mm -hmm. secure my seams very well I didn't secure my bindings very well and so it's one of those things where it's like it's okay to see your evolution and it's okay to like still cherish those quilts and, and make yeah. mistakes. Cause you have to kind of make those mistakes to figure it out. And your quilts are never going to be exactly perfect. And like, just, yeah, slowly watching yourself progress over that, like what you care about in the quilting. Like, you know, first it was, I didn't want to lose fabric. Then it was, you know, Oh, I, I need to make sure my seams are in. And now it's like, okay, I'm going to actually follow the directions. <laughs> I know I have a and, bad habit of of that sometimes now or I look at a look at a pattern and I'm like oh, okay that's yeah I can see how they made it sure and yeah. then I try to make it on my own and I'm like oh why does this not look and it's like Winnie you bought the pattern for the pattern why don't you read it yeah you know so you can save yourself so much time of unpicking stuff right so and yeah. then I'm like is it close enough that I don't care where am I using this you know mm-hmm. So I, sometimes I get a little cocky, which I shouldn't, I should always listen to the pattern designer because they made it for a certain purpose. So Mm -hmm. I pattern test, right? And so I'm like, you know how to read a pattern genius. Why don't you do it with your own quilts? So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, 
It's like one of those shortcut things like, oh, I figured this out. I know how to make this. I'm going to just go for it. And then, yeah, realizing like, mm, maybe I should go back to the directions. Cause... Exactly. Because then you like you missed a line and you're like, oh, crap. That yeah, like... is why. So it's like you have two blocks that are completely weird and they should be lining up. And it's like, well, it's because you should have sewn this piece onto the other side mm -hmm. and then flipped it around. Yeah. Yeah. Idiot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, okay, cool. I probably should read things. Yeah, it's, I do the same thing. So it's, yeah. it's a gift, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it's a gift to ignore directions. Yes, for sure. No, it's, um, it's, it's very, it's very interesting because it's like, okay, you know, if you read the directions, it will take you this much time. It will take you, you know, right. three hours to make the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. You don't read the directions. It takes you two nights and 10 hours. And and you're like, this is just a jelly roll quilt. Like, what can, why is that, you know? And yeah. so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had some experience like that where actually on one of my, my pattern tests that I completely mm -hmm. sewed something completely wrong, like four different times. And I'm like, I don't have enough fabric to fix this. What is the issue? Yeah. I totally missed a line. Yeah. Yeah. So yikes. Yeah, but we all do it, which is kind of nice. It's kind of like that community of, you know, you come together in misery kind of right. thing. Like yeah. we can all relate to each other. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. You can commiserate about the mistakes we've all made in quilting and yeah. it's okay because everybody does it every once in a while. And yeah, we still alone. do it. We yeah. still do it. I, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm a procrastinator too. So I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's a cool mug by the way. Oh, thank you. This is my boyfriend. <laughs> Love it. My husband hates it, but no, he doesn't. He just gets mad that I say it's my boyfriend because oh. I yeah. love Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington is pretty rad. He's yeah. my fave. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. So um, when did you get into pattern testing? Because I was I was testing patterns for Katarina Rochella for a little while, and then I had to cool. pull back because I'm so busy. But um, yeah, like I loved it. So how did you get into it? And and when did you decide that's something you wanted to do? Um, Really, this past year. So in March, I um, left a job that had mm. been very stressful for about six years. And um, I needed to do something I needed just because I was go, 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 hustle, hustle, be on call all the time, all that stuff just did mm -hmm. not just does not suit. I don't recommend it for anybody. People say <laughs> that they thrive on stress. I was one of those people. Actually, I thrive when I can do the things on my own time and complete them. Yeah. So anyway, so I started pattern testing when I didn't, when I didn't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I made a couple of friends on quilts, quiltstagram mm -hmm. and they let me know how they got into it. And mm -hmm. I just kind of scoured Instagram for hashtag pattern testers needed or whatever. And yeah, I was lucky enough to be chosen to do that. And, um, you know, there are many differing um, opinions on pattern testing and being paid and all that stuff. But really, for me, I just needed something to do. I had the fabric and I just needed the patterns to do because I was I was like, yeah. I'm going to get back into quilting because I had done it at this job mm -hmm. sporadically, you know, um, you know, for the past eight eight, 10 years, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was like, I just need something to do. I need the patterns if, you know, yeah. 
I need practice. I, you know, so that's kind of how I got into it. I just, I just signed up on, you know, Instagrammers that I actually, you know, kind of resonated with. I didn't just do it for absolutely anyone. Um, so that's kind of it. I've, I've, you know, pattern tested, you know, a handful over the past since about April, I would say. And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I got into it. I don't pattern. I haven't yet, you know, made a pattern for a quilt shop. We don't really have quilt shops really close by. Mm -hmm. And the ones that we do have, they have like their people that Mm -hmm. do their stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Cool. Yeah. It's, I thought it was such a fun experience and like, I grew so much from doing it, just like seeing all the behind the scenes and like understanding how patterns come together for, for writers. And it's, it's kind of cool too, to see that, like a lot of, you know, the writers, they have kind of like a, a set, like set of lingo or, mm-hmm. you know, the way that they scaffold things or put things into diagrams. It's like, you know, it's consistent across the board for them. And so I'm, I think it like made me appreciate the ones who, who learn from their, their testers and, and improve the process based on, you know, the comments that people give or, and, but also stay true to themselves in it. And then, you know, you can get familiar with that person's writing style and, get comfortable with it. And the more you work on their patterns, the easier it is to work through them because you're used to how they're laid out. And that was kind of fun for me to see that. And like, but also learning a bunch of new skills that I never really had tried yet. And, um, just feeling encouraged to try because it's like, well, it's a test. It's not like a, not for anybody except for me Mm -hmm. and to help this person out. And, um, yeah, I've like, I've heard people, you know, the controversy with like people thinking, thinking, you know, you should be paid if you're testing a pattern, but also people are just like, no, it's just for fun. You don't have to, if you don't want to, you know, you don't have to test these patterns. And I definitely did it for free and used my own fabric and purchased fabric for it. But it's like, it's my quilt. Like I'm, and I got a free pattern. So like I was going to, I wanted to make a quilt anyway, and I was going to make it for myself no matter what it was. So I don't know. I think I can see both sides of the argument and I can understand like if that's something you do as like a big part of your quilty business, like yeah, work it out with people who are willing to compensate you, I guess. But anyway, that's interesting. Sure. Well, and it's also like a, you know, a small a small quilter make, you know, making patterns and a company that right. wants you to do something for them. Right. Pay them to, you know, be able to do something for them, you know, yeah. all these ambassadorships and stuff. I don't really yeah. like to, you know, get into the drama and stuff of it, yeah. but, but I mean, no. I can see both sides of the story, Yeah. but you know, at the end of the day, it's my story that I'm telling. So right. I'm okay with, you know, pattern testing and in a former life, I was a, I was a nonfiction editor. And so I being able to edit something for fun, like I'm all over that, you know? Yeah. And then I get a quilt for doing it. Like, cool. You know, I get to 
you know, check for style and spelling and math and all the stuff that I did, you know? So yeah. it's kind of just like, yeah. And again, I get a cool tap out of it at the end. Like, how cool is that? You know, because yeah. any editing I do right do now, my husband's an engineer. And so any editing I oh. do now, it's engineering jargon, you know, quilt yeah. jargon, engineering jargon, like which one would I rather read all day? You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So is the nonfiction editing what you left? No, actually, um, I was um, assistant general manager for a, a retailer, mm. um, a sporting goods retailer okay. in the Bay Area. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we just parted ways. But yeah, that's yeah. what I um, that's what I was for six years. And then before that, uh, for about 10, I was uh, an editor in various forms, nonfiction editor, acquisitions editor, managing editor. Wow. Um, copy editor all the editors all the editor hats I did it from college until we moved out here to California which is where I am now so okay yeah wow interesting that's it's like always fun to hear what people do behind the scenes behind their quilting or like you know came into quilting from it's like it's so interesting because like yeah there's just so many and it's like a lot of people have technical backgrounds like that you know you're nonfiction editing. You're not like reading people's stories, you know? It's yeah. Which is really, I'm one of the people, I don't know when you get into editing, like if you're in this, you know, you're in school for it and people, you know, they're, they're like, they want to find the next big author, mm -hmm. you know, but I was actually just more interested in academic and cookbooks and how to guides and all that yeah. stuff. That was, that's kind of my cup of tea. Cause I'm very, I'm pretty scientifically minded. I would say my degree is in linguistics and so mm. soft science type type of stuff. And so yeah. um, I'm more interested in that versus I love literature. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I want to read the book to read the book and the story. Mm -hmm. I don't like to, I, I, I'd like to say I'm an excellent editor. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to rip a fiction book to pieces, you know, so, yeah. which yeah. I can as an editor, but I don't want to, I want right. to just read the book. Whereas it's for me, for nonfiction, because it's more on the technical side, it's easy to kind of separate yourself. Like if this, you know, diagram doesn't make sense, then actually the, the product or the end game is going to be wrong for a person who is trying to make it you know so right. so that's kind yeah. of why I like pattern testing as well because I you know I like to do that and and then I got into um sporting goods and stuff because I'm also a yoga teacher and running coach and so after I left editing and moved out here to California I was like okay I'm yeah. a little burned out but of editing because speaking of the grind you know you don't ever yeah. like work no one likes working for 70 hours a week so no <laughs> and I'm like, not a doctor, like mm -hmm. people are not dying, you know, because I didn't meet or did meet this deadline. Right. Um, so then I, I switched over and worked for a small, a small running, uh, running store because I'm a running coach. And so, mm -hmm. and then I worked at a different one. I kept, you know, climbing the ranks and stuff of that because I just cannot be cannot be stopped so like I have to just grind constantly that's just you know what my parents taught me you just work hard all the time yeah um, which is good um but I kind of got off the rails a little bit so yeah 
it's easy. I think when you set your sights on achievement, it's like so easy to get lost in the sauce, like, and forget that like, oh, I need to like rest. I need to give myself a break. I need to take some time. Cause it's like, yeah, I'm the same way. It's like, nope. High achiever. Gotta, gotta achieve, gotta climb, gotta do, gotta be the best. It's like that oldest child kind of syndrome. And Mm -hmm. maybe for an only child situation, you know, quote unquote, like you said Mm -hmm. for you, like, yeah, I have to achieve. And, and, you know, it's like, if you're not well in the process, then what's it for? Like when you have nothing but health problems and emotional mental health issues that keep coming up, like, is it really worth it (laughs) just to say like, oh, I worked 70 hours a week and ignored my family and my friends and didn't build anything for myself so that I'm happy. You know, it's like, it's crazy. And when you stop and step back, I'm like, I can never go back to that again. Never. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, it's weird because I hopped from one. So publishing to management and it's, you know, in a retail chain, basically, you know, um, I, you know, I was in charge of one of the stores, but, but yeah, like, The funny thing is, is I, you know, I started and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to work on the floor, help people. Maybe I'll do the register sometime. But then I was just like, at a certain point, I was like, well, I'm kind of done with this. So I'm going to climb because things are more interesting up there, you know? Right. Um, So, so then that happened and, you know, got off the rails and then, then I was like, I was given an opportunity to leave and I did. And, um, I think it's the best thing that's ever happened really. Cause my husband, the thing that I know my previous job was not great for my relationships and all that is my husband. He was like, you know, you laugh all the time now. Mm. You didn't used to do that. And I was like, Oh, okay I'm reclaiming a bit of who I was and who we married and all that stuff yeah I was lost you know because I like to think that I'm a very you know I'm a boisterous and happy kind of person you know Mm -hmm. and I was not (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah and so then I didn't want to go back to that and so then then that's why I opened my own quilt shop yeah so was that just like is that something you've kind of been thinking about in like among everything or was it just like a eureka moment or yeah how did that come about because you just opened recently just a few months ago right well yes so I've been kind of thinking about at some point in the future I went to um I went to lunch with my yoga mentor um for um it sounds you know new ag and stuff but um but i went out to lunch with her because i took her yoga teacher training certification mm-hmm. and went out to lunch with her and she she said you know hey what in your life she always asks really good questions she's like mm-hmm. in your life what do you see yourself doing in mm-hmm. 10 years and 15 20 30 years what do you want to do and i was like well i'd like to be a yoga teacher and a quilt like a long armor a shop owner kind of thing mm-hmm. and so that's kind of always been in the back of my head of something I wanted to do I don't have room for a long arm if I did I would totally be on top of that but I do not so yeah um because that just anyone who does that is incredible um 
So when I when I left my job um, earlier this year, I was just like, and I was looking for other stuff to do. I'm like, okay, what am I qualified for? Okay, there's editing jobs, there's manager jobs, there's you know, administrators and all that kind of stuff. And I was mm -hmm. just like, man, I don't want to do any of that. So what do I want to do? And so I was like, well, what if I just, what if I just open a little, a little quilt shop so I can, mm -hmm. you know, pay for the pretty fabric that I want to use and, yeah. you know, spread the fabric love, I guess, you know, to the quilty sphere. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, what if I do that? I'll give it, you know, and I was just like, I'll give it a few months. I'll see how it goes. I can always, I can always knock 75% off of stuff and sell it off and close. And, you know, yeah. no one's the wiser, you know, if it doesn't work out and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. um, so I did it. I gave it, I gave it a shot. Right. And so yeah. I spent a couple months, um, you know, ordering and working on the website and, and stuff yeah. like that and trying to figure it out. I'm still troubleshooting. So if you, anybody who's listening, and I make a mistake on your order, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm still learning how to how to do it from my own personal little shop instead of a on a large scale. So trying yeah. to trying to figure that out. But um, but yeah, so that's how that's how it came to be. I was just given an opportunity to kind of go for my go for my goal earlier yeah. than when I expected to. So I just went for it. Um, yeah, took that risk, which is really weird for me because I'm not really a risk taker mm -hmm. per se like mm -hmm. I'll do scary things that's fine but I'm I'm never just like okay I'm just gonna go for it I'm just gonna you know put up the money and just do that I'm very trying to be trying to be judic judicious and uh with yeah. that but I you know and chatting with my husband and he's like go for it he's like that's totally fine yeah so, so yeah so I've tried to do that and yeah and Let french me... fry quilt company just seemed natural yeah <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. And I mean, I, I placed an order pretty early. I got the Batty Bats kit and, oh yay, cool. um, uh, I think I got a sticker. Yeah. I got the one that said quilt bitch and put it on my machine. Oh, that's right. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. And I mean, I got super fast shipping. It was super good. So, I mean, I haven't experienced any hiccups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that's good. Yeah. It's, I love what you've got. And it's, I think it's, it's fun that like we have e-commerce because people can provide exactly what they want to provide. You don't feel the need to fill up a building full right. of stuff. You can just carry the stuff that you want to carry and that you want to provide and the, you know, the businesses that you want to support by, you know, selling their, their products and I think you've got a well curated shop and everything is so cute and it all feels cohesive. Like it's not like sporadic, like some quilt shops, I feel like you go in and you're like, why? Like you want a range of, of things. You want a range of fabrics and products and things, but sometimes it just feels overwhelming and like, there's no rhyme or reason to why certain things are there. And so when you can like experience a shop whether it's online or in person that feels cohesive it's like mm -hmm. oh thank you <laughs> it's like a rest like a resting calming you know experience for my brain and my 
crazy anxiety ADHD brain needs that so bad sometimes. Good. That's so good. glad to hear that. Yeah. So I yeah. think you're from what I can tell, like it's it looks really good from this end. And you know, I'm hoping people if they haven't heard about your shop yet, they're hearing this that they come flock to you because you do have such cute stuff. And I'm I'm uh, planning a new order soon. So that'll be fun. Hey, well, that's so, exciting. Yeah. I, you know, they, everyone has seen those TikToks, you know, when the one order comes in to a new business owner, it's like, you know, the clouds part and it's like, yeah. oh, it's true. You guys, it's really true. We're very excited about that. Occasionally something takes off and you, you know, you do sell a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've only been open for a few months. So that's only happened with like the starry pre-order. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, other days when someone buys, literally I had one person buy one sticker yesterday and I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's really exciting. And I, I create uh, most of the stickers, you know, there's mm -hmm. a French fry quilt company stickers. And then I curate other stickers from folks that, um, kind of resonate with me because mm -hmm. I want everything to be fun and happy. And, you yeah. know, you know, I have, you know, some food related fabric that's going to come in like, that's super cute, you know? So, yes. so like, that's, that's my vibe. And, yeah. you know, I saw, saw something somewhere that was just like, you know, your people will find you. Absolutely. So just, just be authentic. Don't try to be everything to everyone. You know, yeah. if you yeah. like, if you like a thing, people who like the thing also will find you at some point, they're going to make some you know, some internet search and they're going to find your store. Yep. So, you know, yep. it happens. Yeah. And again, I'm a teeny tiny little, you know, newbie here in the, in the quilty sphere, you know, selling sporting goods is a whole lot different than selling fabric. So yeah. that there's different, you know, different things for different niches. Like there's different marketing and like, what kind of marketing should I do? And, oh, I'm the one that's doing it. I don't have somebody <laughs> doing it for me. Yeah. So and it's like, okay, what stretch of time do I have to do that? But then also mm -hmm. like in all retail, the customer comes first. So you got to get your orders out and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like this, it's just juggling. But the cool thing about it is it's like, I don't have to work 70 hours. I don't have to work on the weekend. Right. People in general understand that it might take an extra day. We're not Amazon, you know? So, right. and yeah. a lot of people are grateful for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there is, like you're saying, people know when they're ordering from a small business that's run by one or two people, like mm -hmm. things aren't going to come next day. It's nice when you can do that. Like it's great, but you know, waiting one or two extra days to receive your order because you ordered from some, someone, you know, who owns and runs their own business. Like mm -hmm. I'd much rather be patient and wait on people to, to send me it in the time frame that works for them. Like, it's like, you know, that going into it. And if you don't know that going into it, then you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no, like, again, it's that, like, I'm not going to sacrifice my well being so that you can have a sticker, mm -hmm. you know, 14 hours earlier than if I send it when it works for me. Like, yeah, exactly. There's, there's that balance. And I think, you know, same thing. It's like, if I'm making someone a quilt or long arming for them, it's like, it's going to come in hopefully the eight to 10 weeks. I promise if it's a custom quilt, but sometimes mm -hmm. that doesn't work out. And 
most people are, are understanding it's Etsy. That's not understanding. You know, it's sure. like they're the one dinging my shop because this custom thing needed more time. I have a soapbox clearly, but we're not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, so I really, I really appreciate shops. Like I said, that you can tell the person is staying true to who they are. Everything feels cohesive. And I think you're doing that. And it's so great. And I just want more people to find you. So I think I've shared, yeah, I think I've shared about it a few times on my Instagram. And so -hmm. hopefully this episode will help more people find you because, you know, it's just great to see people doing what they love and feeding their soul with the things that they love to do. And for me, I love to promote that because I think like, again, you know, we clearly both have come out of a hustle culture out of that you know, push, push, push to achieve, to do something focused on what we love to do and the stuff that we love to be surrounded by that brings us joy. And, Mm -hmm. and I think ultimately as humans, that's our biggest goal is to find peace of mind and to create joy. And whether it's for ourselves or with other people, like it's so important. It's so much more important than, than we think it is, or that we're told it is. It's, I think it's everything. So for sure. It. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's nice. And it's a relief, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of be deconditioned to hustle all the time yeah. does not mean we don't work hard. It just exactly. means we don't break ourselves in the process, yep. you know, and like you said, it's creating joy and trying to spread it. You know, for me, it's like one fat quarter, one sticker at a time, right? If it yeah. makes your day, you get an order, you wanted to find this fabric and I had it for you. Yeah. you know, like if it makes your day, if it makes you your five minutes, then I did my job, which just, it, you know, gives you all the warm and fuzzies, right? You yeah. love to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's perfect. Oh, so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you and hearing your story and hopefully people get out there. So what is your website? So how can people, yeah. How can people get to you? For sure. Uh, my website is French Fry Quilt Co. So not company co French Fry Quilt Co.com. Okay. Perfect. So, yeah. And then as as we mentioned before, I'm French Fry Quilter and French Fry Quilt Co on Instagram. And I'm trying to trying to get more onto Pinterest. That that's coming soon. So Okay. Yeah, I I've seen this new like not new, but just like more of a push to be on Pinterest again. Cause I think it was yeah. kind of like a, there was kind of a dip for a while. And now it's like, no, go get yourself on Pinterest. And I'm like, what Pinterest is back. So that's exciting. I know it's really weird. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. Like this is a trend again. Okay. Cause yeah. Pinterest just when we were in college just started being a thing. Yeah. And then people used it and then, then spammers kind of, kind of came into it and like affiliate marketing and stuff, which is still a thing. Right. But now people are like, okay, well, I did all those things on my Pinterest board. So I got I to gotta go back, you know? So yeah, that's reclaiming it. Like yeah. yeah. It's like reclaiming it, which I love. And yeah, I love to see that. So that's cool. So well, awesome. We'll look for your Pinterest and we'll send hopefully so many people to buy all your things and oh, please do <laughs> help you grow. Cause it's, I love to see it. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. And we'll keep in touch because I'm going to keep ordering from you. So. Oh, sounds good. Anytime. 
let me know, DM me. That goes for anybody too. If you have any questions, just I'm, I'm there. So yeah, awesome. it was so fun to be on the the show and I really appreciate the chance to, to chat. It's been really fun and to, you know, chat about quilting and about life and yeah. So yeah. just thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah.